Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Croft. Hey, welcome everybody. Great to be with you today. And boy, do we have one wild show for you today. The bottom of the hour, we will um, have an interview with my friend and uh, former state representative out of Arizona, who is right in the middle of a story that broke right after we got off the air on, on Friday. That is the story of alleged um, money laundering by the governor, the new governor of Arizona, and a lot of other people. Money laundering um, cartel drug money through real estate transaction, transactions that are not fake. We're going to get into that. We're going to have a rep, we'll have the uh, conversation with Representative Mark Fincham, who has still has not conceded the loss of the Secretary of State's race and has a lawsuit and is litigating that. Uh, we will uh, we'll talk with him about that at the bottom of the hour, and I'll get into more of that here in a moment. Also, Greater Idaho, you know this thing where all of these counties – 11 counties have voted so far to secede, if you will, from Oregon and become part of Idaho. Now, this is a really, really heavy lift any way you look at it. I will tell you that the Idaho statesman says that greater Idaho could happen with enough work. Here's the reason it could happen. Now, this is an opinion, and it is written by my old friend and former speaker of the Oregon House of Representatives, Mark Simmons, who's a guy from uh, from Eastern Oregon, a diesel mechanic who got involved in politics and was elected to the House of Representatives before I was. And uh, while term limits law was still in effect, was rose to be uh, speaker of the House while I was there. Uh, in the House of Representatives and, and was ultimately he decided to go into the lobby world as I did when I left the legislature, even though I didn't have to leave. He did at the time because the term limit law was still in effect. So greater look, folks, what you may not know is a greater Idaho movement is maybe a little stronger than what we thought it was. And I will tell you that they have hired the people pushing this have hired a lobbyist in Salem. He's a good friend of mine. Now, this is an incredibly heavy lift. Now, Mark writes a, a, an op-ed about this in the Idaho Statesman. This happened uh, you know, a couple of days ago. And we'll get into that, but I have to tell you something here. Tonight, we're going to talk about an alternative that is I think much more doable. And there's a reason why it is more doable. Now, why do I say tonight? Well, tonight is the political coffee clatch at the Honky Tonk Bar and Grill. 
And one of our regular attendees, uh, a guy who has come for years to the war room, uh, during the legislative sessions, you know, we have this war room that we used to have. It's Oregon Citizen Lobby War Room is what it's called. We used to have it in the Capitol building, but they're not allowing that because of the renovation, the ridiculously expensive renovation that they're doing at the Capitol. Folks are spending over $500 million to retrofit the Capitol building to make it, quote-unquote, earthquake-proof. Well, you could have torn down the entire building. Credible people, engineers, and construction companies are saying you could tear down the entire building, rebuild it for less. But that's not how we do things in Oregon, is it now? At any rate, the political coffee clatch came out of a meeting with one of our regular attendees of the war room. And he tonight is going to be presenting a different idea that ultimately gets to the heart of why we have the greater Idaho movement to begin with. And I got to tell you, this is not, in my personal estimation, this is not as heavy a lift as it is trying to get two legislatures, Idaho and Oregon, and Congress to agree to moving state lines. Especially with the two U.S. senators that we have, you just it just ain't going to happen. Now, I have to say, Mark Simmons makes a very good and I think a very strong case about all of this in his op-ed in the Idaho Statesman. And I will have all of this along with a lot of other stories that we're going to talk about with uh, Representative Mark Fincham out of Arizona about this massive story of alleged criminal wrongdoing and how it, well, it revolves around elections as much as it does anything else. And it affects Oregon, folks. Because there is apparently evidence that has been uncovered by the lawyer that you will you won't hear from but was on a uh, was on Brandon House who's on Mike Lindell's TV network on Friday night in fact you can watch it I'll have the link to it I stayed up and watched it till very late last night and I got to tell you that I find this lawyer incredibly Credible because this is what his law firm has done and is hired to do by governments and by clients. Clients who get ripped off in fraudulent activities, not just in the real estate business, which is how the money laundering of the drug cartels has been accomplished. It's happening in Oregon. You heard me right. According to This, to my friend, Mark Fincham, who's going to be on with us at the bottom of the hour, it is happening in Oregon. In fact, there have been convictions in other states, including Idaho. Since we're talking about Idaho and the greater Idaho movement, folks, you know how conservative Idaho is? How can this be happening in conservative Idaho? Because it's happening all across the country. And there have been federal U.S. attorneys 
who have investigated along with the FBI. They have arrested people. They have prosecuted people and they have gotten convictions and they have for many years using this scheme. But it particularly affects Arizona. There's a reason why. And we'll get into all of that as we as we go along through the show today. So tonight's political coffee clash is not going to be so much about elections as it is going to be about the alternative to the greater Idaho movement. And this is an alternative that I have long believed was the better way to go and, frankly, is more achievable. But it wasn't until something happened with the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, something has to happen again, and that's what tonight's going to be about. And I'm baiting with you with all of this because I still support the idea of the greater Idaho movement. Because the reason it's happening is because so many people outside of the Portland metro area in the Willamette Valley feel like they're disenfranchised, completely disenfranchised. Now, let me talk about that for a moment, including me, by the way. As a fifth-generation Oregon farmer, and this guy who lives on a farm between Albany and Eugene. Now, I feel disenfranchised, and I bet many of you do too, even though you may live in the city because of what Portland is doing and how the outsized influence of redistricting and, and into liberal areas of the country, or of the state, rather. Now, listen. Thursday, of course, we had Dr. Douglas Frank, who showed up in Oregon a little bit early. He was scheduled, along with Mark Thielman of BattlegroundOregon.org, to make a presentation to a group down in Grants Pass. Because of the weather, he came in early. So he showed up at the war room. In fact, I, I posted a picture about this afterwards on my Facebook page. You can see that for Jeff Krupp. And, you know, I got to tell you that it it was a powerful thing. And it was because of, of, and it was packed, because of something that he, that I have mentioned that one of our war room participants had reinforced. That is an old concept. And here's what it is. Anything on the internet that is com connected by computer is hackable. Absolutely anything. Nothing that's on the internet, including your personal PC, is safe as long as it is plugged in to the wall to 110 power. Huh? Yes, you heard me right. Now, I didn't know this, and this is what I mean that one of our participants in the war room, Rich, has, has talked about this before, and he brought me information about it. This is actually old... Um, not technology, really, I, I suppose it is, but it, it, it has been known for a very, very long time that over the power lines, uh, the Internet can operate. And that means that even if your computer is turned off, and this is what Dr. Frank made very clear to us in his time that he was with us in the war room that this is exactly what will happen even if your computer is turned off if it is physically plugged into a wall outlet outlet it can be hacked 
even if you don't have Wi-Fi, it can be hacked over the phone lines. Now, there's a procedure in the way this is all done, but that ought to scare you because the reality of this is this. Anything like a vote tabulation machine that is connected to the internet can be hacked and it can be altered at a moment's notice, even though 24 hours prior, that voting tabulation machine may have passed the worthless test that is under federal law has to be conducted. It can be hacked. And this is part of the testimony of what happened Thursday in front of this House committee. The Senate Elections and House Municipal Oversight and Elections, I know it's a mouthful, Joint Committee held this hearing. And part of this hearing is what has exploded. What I just shared with you, what Dr. Frank confirmed in the war room on Thursday is exactly what they talked about in this Arizona hearing that is so explosive. Now, we'll get to more of this when we come back from the uh, the, the break here. But I got to tell you that you do not want to miss what Mark Fincham is going to talk about with all of this. Because it affects Oregon, folks. Because it is happening, allegedly, here in Oregon. Talk with them about how and get more details. It's 620. Don't go away. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Yes, 22 minutes past the top of the hour tonight at the Political Coffee Clatch, 6 o'clock at the uh, Honky Talk Bar and Grill. We'll have a presentation about an alternative idea to the greater Idaho movement. Now, what you may not know is that, again, in this op-ed by my former Speaker of the House when I served in the House of Representatives, Mark Simmons, what's interesting that I did not know is that state lines have shifted dozens of times in U.S. history. Although most of the shifts have been minor, and this one is much bigger, it's already happened with the use of what we call the interstate compact. Now, I'll get to more of that uh, in a moment. This is going to be a big deal. I don't, um, again, even though I support the idea, I don't see it happening. But what if I told you tonight's presentation by Mike Hunter, one of our regular participants in the war room at the Capitol on Thursdays at the Ike Box in the Bay Room from 8 to 3, if I told you that he has an alternative, which frankly has been around a lot longer and now is made possible by one of the appointments to the U.S. Supreme Court. We're going to talk about all of that tonight. If I told you that this is a better path 
Would you help make it happen? Why don't you come tonight and learn about it? Six o'clock at the Honky Tonk Bar and Grill. That is the political coffee clatch. We're going to talk about it tonight. And at the bottom of the hour, my friend, State Representative Mark Fincham, who has still not conceded the Arizona Secretary's race, Secretary of State's race, he is going to talk about, going to be live with us, to talk about this explosive story that happened after we got off the air. That is how there is pretty hard to refute evidence of the new governor of Arizona and a lot of other people, including judges and some sitting legislators in the House and the Senate that have been bought and paid for by the cartels in a very sophisticated real estate money laundering scheme. There's a lot to unpack here. We're going to get to all of that, including your phone calls, 503-589-1220 is the Power Buke GMC talk line. Kathy, hang on. I'm going to get to you in a moment. 503-589-1220 or shoot me an email to jeff at 1220.am or jeff at kslm.news like the one I got from Jim about will it happen? If Trump wins the candidacy, I'll vote for him for president meaning the Republican primary. That being said, any Republican presidential candidate will get my vote, all things considered, over the last two years. A lot of good it will do in this state as far as these questions of constitutional carry, bump stocks, pistol braces. They have my vote of no confidence in getting anything sort of campaign promises tend to be bullocks unless you're Biden and his rollback of Trump policies. He's lived up to those. Yeah, but you know, I got to tell you, This is why we keep fighting the fight here over elections. Because we actually can turn this state around, folks. I'm telling you, we can. Now, it takes a lot more than just elections. It takes a lot of prayer and some other things, but we'll get to that a little bit later. I want to remind you that you have an opportunity to really benefit from the great uh, just experience of Rebecca Donaldson, who is an award-winning real estate broker. It means she is really at the top of her game and in an ever-changing real estate market. This matters a lot and it benefits you. So if you're thinking about buying or selling a house, give her a call. 503-269-0747 or check out her website, rebeccasgothouses.com That's all one word. rebeccasgothouses.com Let's go to Kathy. Kathy, good morning. Hey, Kathy. I cannot hear her. Oh, Kathy, don't leave. Why would you do such a... I know, but I have to get these things done. Because I have to set them up. So call back quickly, Kathy. And uh, we'll get into this. So Mark Simmons writes this op-ed supporting the shifting of the state lines in the greater Idaho movement. Well, in addition, I mean, he gets to the heart of why this is happening in the rural conservative communities. And what they're actually talking about doing is taking all, taking the middle of the Cascades, in essence, except Bend, and moving them into Idaho. Those counties have voted Republican 73% last year in Oregon. And those counties in Idaho 
have voted 67% Republican. So rural values, faith, family, self-reliance, those are all good things. Okay. Now, the part of being politically refuged from the craziness of downtown Portland and the Oregon legislature, like this story about the misleading full-page ad by ODOT saying how wonderful tolling is uh, and citing the, the um, poll. What? Well, the problem is, is, as you know, they can do anything with polls. And they don't ever address the cost. Now, we know from other polling that I've been involved with for the last five years, when you talk tolling and you talk cost, it is massively unpopular with liberals in Portland, especially women. Or you could talk about how Lars announced that Tina Kotek is going to spend $308,000 to make energy upgrades to the governor's mansion, including... Most of all, specifically, a new natural gas-powered generator. What? In fact, Lars and I did some texting on it that, how do you get to that expensive of a generator? Neither one of us can come up with it. But it's more of do as I say, not as I do. Because the Democrats want to kill natural gas in Oregon. But the governor's mansion is going to rely on it. Back in a moment, folks, with an explosive interview with State Representative Mark Finchton of Arizona, what it means to Oregon, this thing happening in Arizona. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's 23 minutes before the top of the hour. Great to have us uh, joining us today, my friend, State Representative Mark Fincham, who is uh, still in the running for the Secretary of State's race uh, down in Arizona. Mark, good morning to your friend. Good morning. I, I have a question for you, Jeff. Why would you why would you destroy coffee with politics? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yes, I, know, I, I, know. I am still the the uh, 2022 Republican nominee for Secretary of State, and it ain't over. It ain't over, uh, even though uh, they've called it, uh, because your opponent is, well, his name came up along with a whole lot of other people, incur- including the imposter in your uh, governor's mansion, Katie Hobbs, in this explosive yeah. hearing on Thursday. Now... <laughs> Friday night, you were on Brandon House, along with the lawyer involved in this explosive, in, in the investigation of all of this. It, why don't you just sort of lay this out to our audience here in Salem, Oregon, because it relates to things going on potentially in Salem, Oregon. And we need to know about this. Yeah, so um, John Fowler is the attorney. Um, John is so over the target. There's been, I don't know, six or seven attempts on his life. I mean, this is, this is a big deal. Um, the Sinaloa drug cartels have to have a way to launder their money. So one of the 
uh, strategies that they have employed is to basically run fictitious deeds and fictitious um, uh, real estate transactions. And in doing so, um, <clears throat> the theory goes that they set the, the cartel sets up a, uh, a hard money bank, meaning they'll lend cash. Uh, they lend the cash to a seller, or I'm sorry, to a uh, buyer. Uh, the seller will have a subject property. The buyer gives the seller the money and they record a real estate transaction that really didn't happen. But it's on the books as one. It's a fictitious deed transfer. Uh, and in doing so, the money has been distributed to both bureaucratic and uh, to, let's let me be square, all three branches of government at every level. So here in Arizona, that would be municipal offices, county offices, state offices, legislature, judiciary, and even the executive branch. So it's got its tentacles into everything. And this is for the folks who have a broken moral compass, who are willing to put, um, they've, they've abandoned the notion of what America was built on. And quite frankly, that's Exodus 1821. Choose from among you godly men disinterested in personal gain to lead the thousands, the hundreds, the fifties, and the tens. That's Jethro talking to Moses. So it goes back a ways. Right. But these individuals have uh, sold their soul to Satan, and um, they've received bribes of one kind or another. And there's some pretty notable names on that list. Now, um, John Fowler is an attorney who specializes in the, the private sector racketeering cases. And what he's done, uh, he's got a, a, a certified um, forensic document analyst by the name of Linda Mitchell, they have mapped tens of thousands of transactions uh, that have spread money all across the United States. And while they, I, to my knowledge, they haven't looked at Oregon, they've looked at 20 different states so far. Well, that's probably the wrong way to put it. 20 different states have been touched by this because when they follow the evidence and they follow the fact pattern to who gets what, uh, it takes them from Arizona to Illinois, Arizona to Texas, Arizona to Louisiana. To, and it's, it's, it seems to be key offices, uh, key leaders. Um, I haven't seen the full list, but the, the genesis of this project um, is really quite an interesting story. He was married to a lady, or is married to a lady. They had a, a child who is a notary. And in the process of doing their um, their their tracking of, of transactions, because somebody had alerted them to this, and in the process of tracking those uh, transactions, his wife's name came up as the notary on one of them. Uh-oh, that's a problem. Um, then they began to look at, uh, you know, once they saw that, they saw her handwriting with different names and different notary numbers. So this is also notary fraud that occurred on none other than Adrian Fontes's watch. He is now the imposter in the Secretary of State's office in Arizona. A Sinaloa cartel defense attorney. Yeah. So one thing leads to another, and he confronts his wife on this and comes to find out that it's her mother is actually the centerpiece of the whole operation in Arizona. 
that's pretty much it. <laughs> so in, in all of this, then they've made a lot of discoveries and, and this was all part of the testimony. Now, now John Fowler was not testifying before this joint committee. It was a, a forensic. Jacqueline Berger. No. Jacqueline Berger, Jacqueline, right. Yeah. She is not the, she's not the forensic uh, examiner. She actually works with John. I see. Okay. So she, she did the testimony because it's not safe for John to, and John's not no. in Arizona and so forth. Now, the, the other thing is, is that th this touches a lot of people, Katie Hobbs, there's evidence of this. Uh, so it also touches Doug Ducey, the former Republican governor, who apparently was given this information in May of 2022. Why wouldn't he do anything about it? That's a really good question. Um, I think it's interesting to see the list of individuals. I guess it's out there on Facebook now. There's a partial list. But the fact that this covers all three branches of government, um, you know, the, the executive branch is bureaucracy. Right. And, you know, we, I think anybody that's been around more than the political scene more than a couple of days understands that the bureaucracy is not there to serve the people. It's there to serve the bureaucracy. Uh, it is fully engaged in self-protection and self-aggrandizement. So when you have individuals in the bureaucratic state who receive bribes like this, um, it, it often touches not just one person, but many people. So you'd have to ask uh, Doug Ducey why he did nothing. Um, this should have gone to the um, Arizona Attorney General's office, but um, I don't know why it didn't, other than the fact that, uh, quite frankly, Mark Brnovich is, a, in my view, a totally flawed and failed Attorney General. He had ample evidence that was presented to him, and he had people in his shop, um, a guy by the name of Joe Canefield, who blocked the presentation of evidence and testimony uh, from the election integrity unit, Jennifer Wright was the attorney leading that up. And, you know, he was on a, uh, Brnovich was on a 60 minutes episode where he called me a clown and said that there was no evidence. And in that moment, Jennifer started writing her letter of resignation because she had personally seen the evidence and turned it over to the attorney general's chief of staff, Joe Canefield. So it's very clear that, um, the what has happened here they got individuals that they wanted to have in certain seats they i mean the ubiquitous power brokers <clears throat> they didn't want a guy like me there or like abe hamaday because they knew that we would look into things like this and that we would uh, engage in prosecution that's the long and the short of it yeah okay so this evidence is out there. Uh, there had the, really the response so far that I have seen from the Arizona mainstream media spin machine has been pretty muted. You would expect what the Arizona Mirror wrote because they're a far left a publication. But here's what's interesting: when I when I watched the interview that you and John Thaler and this other lawyer did with Brandon House on Friday night, um, he uh, John put forth evidence, and then he challenged anybody to sue him for defamation yeah. because then he gets to go to discovery. <clears throat> now, that's right. 
that I think is a key thing here to understanding how this plays out because this very scheme has led to U.S. attorney arrests, investigations by the FBI in other states in previous years and convictions and people are serving time in prison. But why Mm -hmm. is Arizona such a target for it? Why is Arizona law such a magnet for this scam happening in other states and the money coming to Cal- to, uh, to Arizona. Why? I don't know that it's, it's law. I think it's the, um, the unwillingness <clears throat> of law enforcement officials. And I'm talking about from the, both the, the police side, the sheriffs all the way into the prosecutorial world. Okay. That, that, that's a team that works together. Um, it's, it's so pervasive, or appears to be so pervasive, <clears throat> that it's, it's a plan. It's absolutely a plan to try and get individuals into place so that um, those individuals can essentially block um, prosecution. Mark, hang on through the break. We'll come back with you. We'll have about uh, seven or eight minutes on the other side. I want you to share with people how they can help expose this in other states, including Oregon. Back in a moment. All right. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's 10 minutes till the top of the hour. We're back with my friend, State Representative Mark Fincham. Uh, Mark, you are in the real estate business yourself, so you're very familiar with how this real estate scam uh, can, can operate it's a very the thing that came out uh, in watching your interview with John Thaler with Brandon House on Friday night was not only how sophisticated this is, but how hard it is and, and what a deep dive you have to do to find it. Now, if it's happening in other states, we know it is because there have been convictions there. How can other people begin doing the same kind of work? and and uncover this kind of fraud yeah so one of the things that came out in the interview that um is it's kind of a aha moment for a lot of folks is that we do not have enough resources we do not have enough people who know how to do this um and i we need to have 50 100 if not 500 linda mitchells uh oh. but we have one we have one we need to have more attorneys like john Fowler who can put that fact pattern together and prepare uh, a, a civil litigation because we know that, you know, unless we catch the right judge, uh, the, the case is going to be tainted. So to that end, we have formed the Election Fairness Institute. Um, and because this is, it appears that the, the big reason for this, there's two. One is for an individual, uh, when, I, when I say the, this, I'm talking about the fraud. There's an individual interest in just lining one's pockets. And the other is the individual interest or corporate interest in controlling power in order to line other people's pockets. So the Election Fairness Institute has been formed up so we can raise um, the necessary funds 
to to make it possible to train up more individuals like Linda Mitchell. She's the, as I said, the um, forensic document examiner. We just don't have enough of them. And it takes an incredible amount of time to put these things together. I don't know how long John's been working on this, his book, which is <laughs> oddly uh, titled Report to the Governor. <laughs> um, they, wow. they, what's, what's really critical is that um, we raise the funds. We're going <clears> to <throat> have to raise about $3.5 million so that we can begin the process of training up individuals who have a certain skill set, like Linda's. Uh, now, if people want to help us, they can um, uh, visit the website, just goefi.org. We are a 501c3, um, already approved by the IRS, so any contribution that's made is indeed tax deductible. But people can go to, it's G-O, E like Edward, F like Frank, I like India, dot O-R-G, goefi.org. And that will take you to um, the Election Fairness Institute webpage. I got it up. I got All right. it on the screen. I yes, it. I appreciate it. So, raising, you know, there's a lot of people asking for money. If you're throwing money at a political figure, uh, in fact, there's a partial list of this out on on Facebook right now. Just think about this for a moment. If you're giving money to political figures, do you know whether or not their name is on a list like this? You don't, because nobody's looked. Ah, there's That's a problem. Right. Yeah. So, you know, balancing political contributions between um, folks that you like, folks you believe in, and an institution or an institute that is going to do what government refuses to do because it's compromised, um, I think that that's, that's a fair balance. And I highly recommend to folks, if they, if they want to see people held accountable, we know with my experience in Arizona with the Attorney General's office, they're not going to hold people accountable. The judges aren't going to hold people accountable. And in, in the case, in my case, my case was dismissed in the challenge of the, the election. Carrie Lake's case was dismissed by the judge. And, and we're now, she's now on appeal, uh, I believe, to the Supreme Court. The appellate court uh, declined. And we'll see how that goes. Abe Hamaday is still, his case is still working its way through. And the reason this is important is there are innumerable violations of state statute well let's think about this for in the election in the in the management of the election so let's think about that for just a moment coming from the legislature and i know that you're going to appreciate this as a former legislator yourself there's a reason we write laws we expect people to actually follow them and there's a reason that. that there are codified into those laws consequences i have yet to see a single individual in Arizona ever held accountable for violating state statutes and receiving the consequence that such a violation calls for. In other words, the judiciary has basically given the middle finger to the legislature and said, we're not going to do anything about it. So we have a civil right of action. That's a different pathway. Instead of asking the attorney general to do something, we can do something as true representatives of the people. Think of it as a class action lawsuit against individuals who engage in this kind of behavior. So um, goefi.org, if you want to help us out, um, we're really looking for small donors. We don't want big donors. I mean, sure, we would love big donors, but this has got to be a project of the people. So we, we would be delighted if somebody would give up I don't know, 20 bucks a month on a recurring 
basis. I mean, that's five dollars a week. That's a dollar a day, a weekday. It's even less than a dollar a day. In order to fund the work like this, that holds people accountable, the media sure isn't going to. And now that right. for this program, we've got a captured media that just looks the other way when all this stuff happens. So without having a, a group like the Election Fairness Institute taking stuff like this on, um, it's just it's it's going to continue and it's going to get worse. So, folks, uh, if you want to help um, figure this out for uh, not just in Arizona, but all across the country, including Oregon, where people who are qualified in Oregon would be a part of the Election Fairness Institute training by these people who have done it, who have found this information in Arizona. This is their specialty. This is what they do professionally. And they're good at it because it's how they've stayed in the business of doing this. John Fowler pointed out something that is profound. He said, I've been doing this a long time. I wouldn't be able to keep doing it if I wasn't producing results for clients. Folks, if you want to help the Election Fairness Institute train people in Oregon to find this scam going on in Oregon, this criminal activity and how it might reach into judges in Oregon, maybe politicians in Oregon, then go to this website. And again, it is goefi.org. The word go, G-O-E-F-I.org. I'm going to do it. I'm going to sign up for it. And there's some great videos and, and things you can watch here. You got 30 seconds, my friend. Why don't you wrap this up? Jeff, I really appreciate the uh, the support that you've given, not just in my political career, but um, with the launch of this endeavor. Um, this is critical, and uh, our, our republic is in peril. And if we do not take action to hold the people accountable, that we thought were doing the work that we had asked them to do, but in, instead they're doing the work they want to do, um, we've got to take action. And I don't know of any other way for us to do it other than this. Thank you. GoEFI.org. Mark, thank you. Be safe out there, and God bless you. Godspeed. We'll talk to you again. All right. All right, friends. There you go. Political Coffee Clatch tonight at 6 o'clock at the Honky Talk Bar and Grill, the alternative to the greater Idaho thing. We'll talk more about this because no doubt more is going to come out today. Be blessed. We'll talk to you tomorrow.